G'day guys! Woo! Welcome to the Mastermind Session. Hey Jacob, hey Langdon, Ben, Riggy, Aaron, how are you guys? Going good? I'm really pumped today because first of all, for those who haven't been at previous Mastermind Sessions, I haven't worked out how to auto-mute people that come in from work site and they'll jump in with their tools going or a grinder or something in the middle of a point and I'm just like, oh, who's that? And we've got like 40 people I've got to try and skim through to find out who it is. Anyway, the good news is I figured it out. <laughs> Woo! That's a good one. Because <laughs> that was fucking annoying, eh? So I'm um, really pumped today because this is going to be a lot of Q&A. And we're also going to be filming a high quality production for you guys. We've got two cameras here, which is going to be the, the video that you see after this. And we're just making sure we're getting some uh, better quality for you. Moving forward, we're always trying to improve the, the quality. So just uh, looking forward to getting to speak to you, especially if we've got a small group today. It's going to be an awesome session because I'll be able to work with each one of you that's here. But um, really stoked. Hope you guys like my haircut. I went for the Viking style. And actually, I've got so many styles I can wear it in now. I can wear it in this, like mohawk, like that. And when it's curly, I can literally do a comb over, and that's pretty cool too. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on to the business. Now, I want to have a chat to Aaron first. I can see you there, man. How's it going, Aaron? Yeah, good, thanks, Dave. Yeah, good, man. How's things? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Nice and hot, so that's good. Yeah. How's, uh, how's work at the moment, man? Yeah, it's good, mate. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. Yeah, I so, yeah. Yeah. Number one challenge at the moment, go. Um, number one challenge would be... Um, not too sure, really. I've ordered, um, I've ordered Sim Pro and paid for that. Yeah. Just went training. Um, cool. In a couple of weeks, so yep. just sort of hold them out to that. Cool. And then we'll start, yeah, implementing all that shopping list pricing system and getting all that set up in the stuff. So. so you haven't fully implemented that yet? You've been waiting for uh, that? Uh, cool. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah, I thought yeah, I'd wait until it's implemented, but I don't have to add it in twice or whatever. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Awesome, man. No, that's good. And and yeah, looking forward to getting you on that shopping list pricing system. For any of you guys who haven't done shopping list pricing system yet, make sure that's your next course you do on the platform. Very important. Go back to the last two masterminds too. Um, all right, man, so you don't know what your challenges are, that's a challenge because you don't know what your problem is. So, <laughs> so we, wanna, we wanna do a bit of analytical, you know, through your business, you wanna be doing a little bit of reflection, maybe some journaling too, and just asking yourself like, what am I struggling with at the moment? Because it's really important that we spend the time reflecting on our week, on our day, and at least our month when we do our P&L, and go, you know, you know, I'm really struggling with getting home on time, or I'm really struggling with making sure I've got enough money for the bass, or I'm really struggling with whatever it is. But we do, know, we do need to know what the challenge is, because then we can address it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Go on, you man. Everything else is good? Yeah, everything else is good. Cool. Um, I think my van might be on the way out, so that's a bit of a challenge, so just get that. All right, let's hit on that quickly. All right, so van, 
what's your strategy for van financing and how do you go about getting a van? What was that, sorry? How, so you're looking at maybe getting a new van because your van's about to break. So how do you go about financing your new van? What would you be doing? Yeah, I'm actually going to sit for the two days and sort of looking into a few options there. Okay, no worries. I'd have to obviously weigh up whether to lease or buy a van outright as well. So All right. have you got any yeah. on that? Awesome, man. Well, thanks for that. So my suggestions around financing a van is if you're planning to grow your business and keep the van, then a Chattel mortgage is the way to go because it becomes an asset to your business as well. So even though it's a depreciating asset, it's still an asset. So after five years, you actually own that and you don't have to pay any more payments. So they say, oh, Lisa's argument is, oh, but after five years, you get a brand new van. Well, that's great, but you still pay that top tier rate the whole time. So the good thing is we've got vans now, we've fully paid them off and they're still running fine because we paid for a good quality van to start with, right? So with a Chattel mortgage, what you can do with a uh, van supplier is you go to the salesperson and say, I want a van, but before I do this finance with you or whoever the finance company is, I want you to send it to my signage person and then send it to my racking company and I want you to rack it out and sign write it under the finance package. So you're not putting cash up front. Because so many people will go and pay for that racking for five grand and then go pay for the signage for five grand, they're down 10 grand. So put all of that under your finance. I've even tried to get my initial stock under finance, but you can't do that because it's not a capital asset. So um, anything you can put under there, you pay it off over a long time, the interest is minimal and for, for your cash flow, man, you want cash flow in the bank. Also, try not to do a balloon because you want to just fully pay it off by the end. The, the difference is like 100 bucks a month or whatever. But if you have done a balloon, you got 20% at the end of the five years, which so many people get to and go, oh shit, I don't have that sort of cash laying around. You can, you can just refinance that for two more years. Cool? Yeah, yeah. Fan tips 101. Thanks, mate. No worries, Aaron. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Hey, I want to have a chat to Scott. How you doing, man? Scott Lowe. Yeah, good, mate. All good. How's things? Yeah, good, good. Tell us a little bit of... I just sort of joined in, so I missed the beginning. No worries. I was just saying that we're going to be catching up, doing a bit of Q&A, having a chat with each other and talking about your number one challenge. And then we're going to jump into pricing. So we're going to probably get through five people. And then we're going to jump into a bit of pricing stuff. But I thought I'd drop in and say hi to you. Welcome aboard the session. But yeah, tell us a bit about your business, man. Yeah, cheers. I've um, got an um, air conditioning electrical business up in the uh, northwest of WA. So um, I'm not a sparky, so I'm, I'm new to this. So I'm very interested to hear about the pricing. Um, you know, because that's some of the things I'm having battles with at the moment. So. Cool. And how, how long have you been a member for? Uh, about a month. Oh. I actually haven't, I've been so flat out since I started that I haven't really had time to make use of the, use the platform. Of the cool. No worries. Well, it's worth scheduling the time because you'll never find the time, ever. Ever, ever. You'll yeah. never, ever find the time. So, yeah. so what we want to do is schedule in the time. So whether it's, you know, after you've had dinner, you put kids to bed, whether it's while you're having a bath, while it's, you know, if it's while you're at the gym, whatever it is, make sure you schedule it in and set yourself a bit of a habit there to do it. 
because the stuff that's in there is gonna help you come up with ideas to help grow your business and change your business. So it's really important that you're doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, if you came along to the last two sessions, we talked about shopping this pricing system. So if you haven't done those courses, go ahead and, and do those first, I reckon. And yeah, that, start to have a look at those, in, but in, uh, it's building the, the pricing that's, um, um, that's oh, I'm trying to work out, and things like, you know, um, when you get one item on the shop list pricing, and obviously you've built in the cost of, of transit there and set up and all the rest of that, and then, but you're going to the, the one site to do multiples of that item. Yep. You know, you can't necessarily just charge it, you know, if you're going to do five of the installed downloads, do you just charge five times of the shop list price? Yes. You reduce that we do. You don't need to, yep. Yeah. We do. Yep. So that's where you win. Because there's times where you won't win and you've got to make sure that you've built in this stuff. When you can get, and that's what I call compounding, uh, that's when you compound the moving to the van, coming back to the van, so you're compounding those things. So say if you had five downlights, but you could pretty much go to the van, take five downlights and walk them all at the same time, that's you compounding that pre-build or that shopping list item, right? So those little things will be compounded and that's where you get the win of that job. So, so in, in, if, if you're doing one, are you, you, you're putting in an hour's labor as, as a baseline, are you? It's, we work it out for how long it will take to do one, and then if yeah. you've got five, it's gonna be five times that. And that even, like we all know, it's not gonna take you five times longer to do five, because you can take one ladder in once, and you can take all of the lights in once. So yeah. that's where you get the really big efficiency boosts and you get a really good hourly rate from that as well. So even though you're charging a certain hourly rate, that's where you get the compounding effect. Right. And so if, if you do one, are you charging hourly rate as a, as a full hour or just the time it takes to the actual job? It's only, so with the shopping list price, this is real basic stuff in the course. So you can go and learn all this stuff, we've covered it but it's yeah. per item. So you charge for the, the time that it will take to do that one item covering everything and then you're gonna come back and you're gonna make sure that um, you can do all of that within that time for an average person to do it and then yeah. that's how you build your prices. But check out that course, man, because yeah. we could talk about this for an hour. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's already on there. But when it comes to pricing and delivering price, we're gonna cover that coming up. So that's gonna be something you can tune into and then reconnect those later. Sweet, nice to meet you, man. All right, I'm gonna jump over to Clinton Richards. Not at the gym today, Clinton? No, busy, all good, he's on the phone. Ben, how are ya? <laughs> hey Ben, how are ya? Oh, I can't hear you. Hold on a second. Mute's mic. Can you hear me? Yep. How you been? Yeah, good. Really, really busy. Like, really good. Good. Yeah. Busy is good. Awesome. Busy so, is good. Yeah. So yeah. that's my biggest challenge. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> to do all these systems. Yep. Like uh, Sim Pro. And, and still um, bring home, you know, so yeah. just try to balance. Yeah. Trying to find time to do it all. Yeah. Uh, just cool. Know, that, I suppose my biggest challenge is getting more organized. 
and trying to prioritise the different things that I've got going on at one time. Yeah. Convincing my wife. Yeah. Cool. So what I'd suggest, Van, is with that, just play around why you're this busy with putting your prices up. So yeah. scale it up, start scaling it up. See if you're still winning those jobs at the higher rate. When you're that busy, the thing that you can control this with, your control lever for how busy you are and how unbusy you are is your price. So start putting it up because if you can keep putting it up and you stay busy, that's just more profit, but then you also see what your threshold is yeah. and we want to find out what that threshold is. So it's a great time for you to start putting the price up, which will, by putting your price up, you have to do less jobs in the day to earn as much as you are now. And then with that extra time that you have, then you can go ahead and set up those systems and whatnot. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Cool. Yeah, good. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks, Ben. I'll leave you there. I'm gonna um, jump over and now talk about pricing. So, had a bunch of questions come through. I've got them here on the side. So what I'm gonna do now, guys, is just run through some of these questions. <clears throat> if you've got any other questions about pricing, how to deliver pricing using Shoplinus pricing system, I'm reading it off of the messenger group chat at the moment. So chuck your questions in there and I will be reading through them. So first one um, that I wanna hit up here is uh, what's the best response when they ask uh, the price for let's say an LED light version and they ask uh, is it cheaper if I get more or okay so how much for 10 so for instance someone will call up and that's what Scott was talking about I'm sure someone will say uh, how much for a downlight and you'd say well it's this much and then they would say can I get a discount if I have 10 Right? So that, who's in control of that conversation there? It's the customer. Because they have conned you into telling you per unit price early. So now it makes it hard. But you can, because of the compounding effect, if you want, you, you can work out how much of that is discountable. So you know how I always talk about don't discount? That's don't discount if you haven't worked out your figures. But if you've worked out your figures and you know you can do Say if you've allowed for 60 minutes to do one, so that would be 10 hours to do 10, but you know you could do it in six. Well, you've got wiggle room there, don't you? So if you discount two hours worth, then you're still two hours up if you can do it in six. So that comes, that ability to understand that and that, that instant understanding of, well, 10 will be done in this time, 20 will be done in this time, comes with practice. The more you do it, the fast, faster you can do that on the phone. That's a skill that you will develop, but where you, you develop that only when you have your per unit pricing. If you don't have a per unit pricing, you won't understand the base, so you have nothing to go with. So when we talk about tests and measure, and I'm always harping on about tests and measure, we wanna be testing how long it takes to do that item. So if we've allowed for 60 minutes, and your guys are constantly doing it in 40, and that's a win. So you know that's pretty good. So I always with my pricing, I aim to do it double the time it takes me because I feel like I can do it really quick and as a business owner, I'm sure all you guys can too, but when your staff, when your staff are doing the job, it just takes them a bit longer, they don't take as much care, they don't take as much, have as much accuracy in the process. So 
that's where you need to be able to cover for the, the average electrician. So coming back to that point on how would you talk to that person when they're asking for that? Well, if you're in control of the conversation, they'll say, how much for a downlight? And you would respond with, how many lights are you looking for? Okay, so you're in control. The way to be in control of any phone conversation is that you ask the questions. I'm the interrogator. I'm finding out what you want and I'll give you the best solution to your needs. If they call up and give, ask you a question and you answer it, you've given them everything that they want. So they're no longer wanting to talk to you. And you've not had enough time to build a relationship with this customer or this prospect. And that's where you're going to get the person talking to you, calling up, and I'm sure a lot of you already do it and we've had it in the past and I've had it when I was trying to learn it, all of this stuff as well, is when they call you up and they say, you know, how much for this or what do I need to do to do this? And if you just give them the answer, that's that relationship gone. Because they'll just take that information, go to the next person, and that's it, they're gone. So unless you keep their number, and this is a strategy around these people as well, to show a relationship, is that you can follow those people up. Because sometimes they'll just get you. They're just skilled uh, influencers. They're just people that can manipulate the situation to get what they want. Those people are you know, a great challenge. Well, they're cutting out their bricks. Can you guys hear me still? It's all good? Yeah, sweet. So, um, so in that situation, those, those people will get you and they will get the information out of you nice and quick because they're very skilled at what they do. Your objective is to practice that skill and get better at it. So the better you get at that, then the more you'll be able to ask them the questions and take control of the situation, which will make them want to use you because they feel like you understand the whole picture, right? So when those people do manipulate you or influence you and they get the information out, what you can do is save their number, put it in Asana and give them a call four hours later to follow up and ask them, hey, how'd you go with that? Um, can I book you in? I've got a spot next week or I've got a spot later this week or tomorrow or whatever it is. So a lot of people don't follow up because they think they've just gone to someone else. So I want to make sure that if you are losing control of the situation, they do get the information that four hours later you follow up. And the way you follow up is by using Asana with a follow up and by religiously using Asana because that's your, that's your diary, that's your, your brain. So for those of you who haven't, don't know what I'm talking about when I say Asana, go and do the course and that will uh, instruct you about that. But what you can do, like I said, you set a reminder, four hours, call them back, and then you're, you're in control again because you're calling them rather than them, them calling you. You're always going to be on the back foot when someone calls you, so it's your objective to get on the front foot by asking questions. Alrighty? Hope that answered, does it answer your question, Aaron? Cool. Good on you, man. But yeah, same price. If Your job is to sell it at the same price. Unit price times 10, unit price times 50, whatever it is. And it's your electrician's job to sell it because they're in more control because they're actually interacting with the client once they've already, you've already gone out to replace a PowerPoint or whatever. So they're in a lot more control to build a relationship and sell them at the full price. So if someone's calling you out to do a broken PowerPoint and you see there's halogen downlights, or the electrician sees there's halogen downlights, or you as the sole trader, then you're in a power position then to talk to them, build a relationship, talk to them, and sell them at the full price. 
If anyone asks, you can always say, you know, that's, that price is set by the office and it's calculated. Because how many times do you get someone at Coles having to go at the check here because their box of cereal is five bucks? Now, I don't, I don't even know how much a box of cereal is now, it's probably cheap, but whatever it is, right? They're not going to go to the check here and go, what are you charging this much for a box of cereal? They might, but they probably won't. And the reason is because they know it, the prices are being set by a higher power, the, the management level. So you, even as a business owner, the person that's calling you for the first time doesn't know that you're the business owner. So just play it yourself as the ops manager. Say it's set by the office. We can guarantee blah, 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 blah. Get the job in and you go from there. All right, next question. The most common question that Wayne gets asked is the reaction of, wow, that's expensive. That's more expensive than I was expecting. Check out how good I am at reading. I'm so good at reading, eh? Um, not. Uh, I was expecting for me, it's almost an inst instant, yeah, no thanks. I struggle with this response and then that's it from there. So this is a great question. I'm sure all of you feel this as well. Kirk would have some pointers on this too. I'm going to answer the best I can and then Kirk's going to jump in and, and you can listen to how Kirk hand handles it every day at response. But the wow, that's expensive, more expensive than I was expecting. That comes down to, in my eyes, it comes down to two things. First of all, has the relationship been built well enough? So when we talk about the phone conversion method that I talk about at the academy, when you're taking the phone call, ask questions, get in control, make sure you're in control of the situation by asking a lot of questions first. So you want to say, how many lights would you like? Um, tell me more about this. You know, I want to find out about that. What about this? What about that? I really want to make sure I give you the best price possible. And you're throwing in little terms like that to secure, to make the person that's never talked to you before feel really confident in you. Like you really care about them, which you should, like you should really care about your customers, but you should, by you saying and throwing in that stuff, like I really want to make sure that you get the best quality service. I really want to make sure I, I get the best price to you. I really want to make sure I fully understand the job so that we can come prepared. Now, using language like, so we can come prepared, so that we give you the best possible service, that's implying that they're already going to use you. So this is languaging. So you gotta make sure whenever someone calls you, you need to be in the state of mind that this, you are using me. You've called me, now, now get in control of the situation, right? So by you getting control of the situation is asking lots of questions and throwing in, I really want to make sure that, you know, I really care about you. I want to make sure that we get the best possible service, all that, like I just said. So from there, that's number one. So have you got enough control? Then after that, saying, great, thanks for sharing all of that information. I'm just going to hang up and work out the best price for you. And then what I'm going to do from there is call you back with the price and uh, I've got, and then the one question, I've said this before, is make sure you say, when are you hoping to get this job done by? And they'll say, oh, I was hoping to get it done, or what day would you like this done? And they'll say on Thursday. And then you say, cool, no worries, well, I'll work out this price and I'll call you back. And when you call them back, you come with the price, shopping list, pricing, 
this much for that, this much for that, this much for that, this much for that, comes to a total of this, and guess what? Someone just cancelled, it was their last spot on Thursday. Are you available on Thursday? And they already told you that they are, so you get them in. So that's our phone method, so if you haven't heard that before, go and have fun with that, that's good fun. Um, the, next, the next thing I'd like to say is target market, demographic. So a lot of people are targeting people in the wrong place and they've built an audience around the cheapest service. So your customers, depend, you have to go through and say, well, of my customers, are they of a high affluent demographic or are they of a low affluent demographic? A lot of people start their business and they start doing jobs real cheap, so they get known as the cheap guy. So the cheap customers tell their cheap friends who want to come to you for a cheap job. So that's the shitty cycle you get yourself into when you start out. So it's better that you put your price right to the top. That's one of the things I said. I said, who's the most expensive electrician in WA? I copied his pricing right from the start. And I said, that's how much it is. And knowing that, you know, that's what someone charged. So I did that. And then I got a really high quality customer base right from the start because they paid for good quality service, which I delivered. So that's the other thing. So make sure you're delivering the level of service. If you're charging real cheap and delivering a super high service level, then you're causing an issue in the industry. I want you to put your price fucking right up, all right? So, whew, that's my two points. Kirk's gonna jump in to how he handles, wow, that's a lot more expensive than I was expecting. All right, over to Kirk. Hey team, yeah, so I get this same question all the time. Um, wow, it's expensive, or how did you come up with that price as if I plucked it out of the stratosphere? So um, a lot of the time it comes down to <laughs> education. So the client can't possibly understand or fathom the amount of work that goes into doing something. They just see a fitting that goes on the wall, a fitting that goes in the ceiling, or something that goes in the switchboard. So the way you can do that is you break, I break the job down into the smallest possible pieces for the customer to help, help, to help educate the customer about what's involved with the actual task that they've asked for a price on. Now this will seem really mundane and like regular to you guys because you do it every day. So you're, it's the really basic things like it, downlights is a classic example like new downlights. Oh geez, that seems expensive. They're just, I just want six downlights in the one room. And then I'm so, I like, I like to explain to them like there's, there's a lot of um, preparation work that goes into that. I'll need to measure the room correctly so that I get the right spacings. I'll need to inspect the roof space so that I don't hit any structural timbers. I'll need to cut the holes. I'll need to drag my drop sheet around. I'll need to, and then, I'll, then I'll need to actually do some cabling. So this is all before I get to putting any cable in the roof space. I have to cable it correctly, clip it in accordance with the regulations, fit off socket bases, and then it comes time to click the lights in. And yeah, clicking lights in is a really easy thing to do. I'll just click them into the ceiling and then we'll be done. But that makes up such a small percentage of the actual task that they haven't quite fathomed. So the other thing is we want to try and drive up the, the actual value of the job so that they can see that, oh, okay, the price is the issue for them, so they think it's expensive, but they're basing that just off a number and their, their preconceived idea of what that could or should cost. So it's, this, it's the same sort of scenario if you go to, say, a car yard. If you go in there and someone's put, you know, $65,000 on a Hyundai XL, you're going to give out, that's expensive because I, I assume that Hyundai XLs would be cheaper than that. 
So all we've got to do is we've got to try and educate someone and say, this isn't a Hyundai XL, this is a BMW. You've just, you've, you've, you're completely mistaken. So that's sort of my way around navigating that. And I find the more you can educate the customer on what the service is that you're providing and what goes into providing that service, the higher you can drive that price up. And it all comes back to like one question I always ask myself is, how can I justify what we're doing to the client? And if you can justify the, the work that goes into, into the job and you can articulate that to a client that will be able to understand it in a layperson's terms, then you're, doing a, you're gonna do a great job at, at going to, uh, great job of being able to educate the customer. And once they're educated on what's involved, then the price doesn't seem like such of an issue. Cool. Thank you, Kurt. Right. Um, that. Oh, wait. Back on that point. So, how the fuck is a customer meant to know how much a PowerPoint is meant to be, or how much a download is meant to be? They don't. The thing is, someone uses this as statistic. An electrician every seven years. Unless they're a builder or someone that works like a real estate, and this is a question I'm going to answer soon. There's no way that someone's going to understand unless they've done a lot of research and looking for the cheapest price possible that they're going to understand how much someone's charging. There's someone is always going to be cheaper than you, so don't try and compete on price. What you want to do is tell them your price using a shopping list pricing system that you've worked out so that you are profitable and then you move on. If they don't want to go with you, that's fine, move on. Don't get all offended by it. Don't feel like, oh shit, I'm too expensive. Just move on to the next job. Now, if that happens every single time anyone ever talks to you because you charge $280 an hour, then, and that's what you've worked all your prices off and how much for a PowerPoint is $645, then, then everyone might go like, oh shit, that's a lot. So, and every single customer is doing that then you won't have any work. So there's a balancing act, but like I said to Ben earlier, if you're busy, that's the perfect time to put your prices up because you want to go as high as you can. You want to find that upper threshold where you're still getting enough work because you want to be working at that top level because top level friends, top level customers tell top level friends. And that's what you want. You want to build your community around that top level. And the only way you get there is by putting your prices up and slowly working your way up there. You'll need less and less work to make as much profit as you would if you were uh, charging a lower amount. So keep working that price up as every opportunity that you get. Um, so yeah, they wouldn't know. So the thing is, if you're, getting, if you're targeting and you're marketing and you're advertising to the right demographic, and make sure you go and done your Google My Business and set up you know, all of the other stuff and target those areas because once you've got those high demographic, area, uh, high affluent areas, then you're gonna get a better quality customer who doesn't ask about price. It doesn't go, they don't have time to go and get six quotes for the cheapest price. You don't wanna work for people that are looking around for price, okay? So the next question uh, was from Marty. And Marty asked, I've got it here, so I'm not looking down. Um, How do you respond to people emailing wanting to come out for quotes for free? Takes an average of two hours out of my day and uh, got to go to wholesaler, email, phone, etc. He's only averaging a 25% success rate on quoting work and seems to be causing a lot of cost. Yet that would be expensive. 
uh, it, it's extremely expensive for you to be going out to quotes that you're not converting. So if you don't have a success rate of going out and converting, there's two things you need to work on. You need to work on converting on site and doing a better uh, uh, qualifying questions at the very start and taking control of the situation because they're controlling you. Hey, come out, do what I want. Do what I want, guy, girl, do what I want. So they're controlling you. Don't let them control you. So that you get back in control and say, I don't need to come out because we do jobs like this all the time and your house is standard. Like if you've asked the right questions at the start, the person will feel like you understand them. So have you got a single story or double story house? Yeah, what sort of house, how's it built? Uh, where would you like it done? Is it outside wall, inside wall? Um, all these sort of questions makes them go, wow, this guy's yeah, asking a lot of questions. Feel like he's really understanding what I'm, I'm getting at here. Um, you are going to get people that use you a lot. So those people will continue to use other people moving down. So don't let them use you. So the way that you don't let them use you is you stick your ground and say, this is how much it is. Unless you ask all those questions and it does sound like the conversion of this, you, you've got a good, felt like you got a good relationship on the phone, you had a really good conversation with them, you know those people, all of you would have spoken to those people that sound like they're going to go ahead with the job. They're really, really good and you can even say this is estimate, this is how much it's going to cost. If you want me to come, are you happy with that? Do you want me to come out and just confirm it and we can get on with the job? So what we do in that situation is we'll send our electricians out to do the job. They're going there to do the job. They're not going there to quote it because we've given them an estimate using our shop on this pricing system. They've pre-agreed to it and they say, yeah, that sounds pretty good, come on out. And then I say, you know, they can come out, just do those minor adjustments and give you an accurate quote. Uh, but this is just an estimate off of the hundreds of buildings that we work on each week or whatever, a month. And then you say, that's pretty accurate. It's, it's likely to be around that, but what we can do is send our electrician out to do the job. They can, they can quote it to the exact amount that it's gonna be when they get to site. And then you can, we can go ahead with the job. If you're not happy with it, we can, we can pull out. But 95% of the time, they go ahead with the job. So the key here is making sure your electricians are trained to give accurate pricing, to give a, a good um, customer service to the customer because if they rock up and you've given an estimate and there's a you know, get out free, get out of jail free card there, you know, and they don't like the guy that's come, they'll take it. So how many times you send someone out and you go, well, it sounded like it was a total conversion on the phone and then the guy gets out and he's having a shit day and he's like, oh yeah, what do you want? You know, I've got to go home soon, so tell me what you want. So they're just shit. So don't have those people working for you. Um, so Marty, call that person up, respond with, thanks, no problem, I'd love to have a chat about your situation so I can give you an accurate price. Uh, reply with your phone number and I'll give you a call. All of our Facebook leads, all of our IM messenger things that come through on our website, our web chats, all of those, we respond with, they'll say, oh, we've got all this stuff happening, blah, blah, blah. Our response, thanks so much for your inquiry, we're happy to help you out with that. Please reply with your phone number, we'll give you a call and make sure we get all of the information and we'll have a chat. So we call them, we're in control. Make sure you, can con you take control of the situation. Cool. Photos and video call. Photos and video calls, another thing you can go do guys. So 
if they really want you to, like, they, they're like, oh, I really want you to see what I'm talking about, you say, no problem. How about we just do a FaceTime right now or a Zoom call? You can set up Zoom for yourself and send them a link. You can uh, say, let's catch up. You can walk me through your house. And that experience of you walking through, talking to them face to face, nice and personal, because you never get that close to someone when you're actually there in the house. You know, you don't get up nice and close like this. So, hey, how's it going? So it is, it is really personal. So like you try it and you'll see what I mean. So they'll be like, wow, this is such a cool experience. So you turn your camera around. Yeah, I'm having fun doing this. So that's, that's an experience for them. So let them have that experience, okay? Right, uh, down to Phil. Phil asks, uh, face-to-face talks with real estate agents. Um, you, after hello, the first thing they say after 15 minutes is, uh, take it away from what you're talking about to uh, what is your hourly rate. So he said, uh, spend 15 minutes trying to take focus to service and efficiency and transparency. Haven't called back yet to see how we fared, but not sure what to do. So, yes, real estates have a heavy focus on price, but the thing with real estates that you need to understand is their number one challenge. And like Aaron, you need to work out your number one challenge, man. Real estates know their number one challenge and it's time. So when you go into any real estate and a lot of business people as well, their number one problem is time. So when you go in with a remedy and a solution to their problem of time, and you can say, I'll save you time because I deliver per item pricing, which is transparent so that you don't need to email me and say, what was tenant's responsibility and what was landlord's responsibility? Those sort of things. So you're going to work it out yourself on why you're so good at relieving their time problem. But just understand, time is their number one problem. So go in with a focus around time. And then the price that you charge becomes a little less of a problem. The reason they're jumping to price is because <clears throat> they think you are exactly the same as the other guy. We've got a good relationship with the guy that we've got. He does okay. You know? And often they don't know how good it can be. So you need to really sell yourself at this point and you need to dive in and have a big conversation around how your service will save them time in a lot of ways. Cool. All right, I've got one more and then we're going to jump over some more Q&A. All right, um, Nick. So Nick's question was, how do you deal with adding on to a given quote when there's something, unex is that meant to be something unexpected? I feel a lot of people expect the quote to be solid. So that's obviously setting up initially your um, expectations around that this is an estimate. Are you waving? Oh. Setting up an estimate for them at the start. It's like when you're talking on the phone, it can only be an estimate because you have no idea what their house is like or their business is like before you get there. So you want to give it an estimate. You want to lock yourself in to come out and do the job. Don't worry about looking around. We're coming out to do it. So, um, so when you get out there, you want to talk about the, the item not being a standard job. And it's quite simple. You need to go to the customer and, and explain with empathy you know, um, this, this pricing I gave you over the phone is a standard price and that allows for X amount of time. Because you, if you are going to go over 60 minutes, then 
you know, uh, actually wipe that, don't say that. Don't talk about time. I was gonna say, um, with that, go in and talk to the customer and say, this is our standard price. It's, you know, it's not standard because of X, Y, and Z. That's the reason it's not standard, not because you've allowed for 60 minutes. The reason being for that is if you've got two PowerPoints, one took you 30 minutes, but the other one's gonna take you 90, you wanna charge an extra 30 minutes or half an hour or half of what your hourly rate is worked out on uh, as a dollar figure, not, you know, it's gonna be an extra 30 minutes and that's why it's gonna cost this much. Don't mention time. So when it comes to that conversation, you say because of X, Y, and Z, um, and with a lot of empathy, so you're gonna be talking like, uh, hey Jen, I'm just calling out because this PowerPoint here, because um, it's on an outside wall and we're gonna have to run conduit along here, uh, the standard PowerPoint doesn't allow for all of this extra stuff. So because I'm gonna have to do all of this, it's gonna be an extra $79.82, okay? So that's, uh, is that okay to go ahead with that? They're not gonna say no. Have you had an example, if you can comment of some, when you've done it like that and they've said no, I'd like to hear about it. Let's have a chat, because um, that would be a funny convo. Uh, for Simone, uh, for us, we're losing bigger jobs. All right, I wanted to jump in and have a chat. Can we have a chat, Simone? All good? Hey, Simone. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks, how are you? Good. That's good. So, um, so yeah, run me through your question. Oh, um, just for us lately, whether it's me on the phone and I try and do everything, like being in charge, ask all those questions, um, they go, like they usually even compliment me, oh, that was really lovely. I like to say, thank you so much for that information. I'll send you that personalised quote over to you. Um, or if Jono, if it sounds like a type of customer that's a bit tricky, um, or they are really would like to meet John. Um, so John goes out and apparently he's the only electrician um, that shows up because he's called 10 previously. Yep. And then we send the quote out and um, it was like, oh wow, that's really expensive. I've got another guy as well and he was half your price. Yep. This lady was, and she's like, I'm really sorry you were lovely, but yeah. first time homeowners and yeah. you know, $1,000 makes a difference. Yeah. He was like, oh, that could buy me my ducted aircon. Um, yeah. So they compliment us, but then don't go with us. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Do you know why? Can you, can you tell me why from what we've talked about? With what? <laughs> Do you know why they're saying that? You just told me why. Because of the price? Because they are first home buyers. Yeah. You're somehow picking up first home buyers as your clients. Yeah. They're not gonna wanna spend money on anything. They don't even wanna buy groceries. Yeah. They're living off bread and butter. Yeah, so. That client is, I suppose, yeah. I didn't know that until she said that. Yeah. Her customer was like a waterfront homeowner. It's quite wealthy, you could tell. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah. That's okay. So. Literally said he rang 10 electricians, no yep. one showed up. Yep. No John showed up on time. Yeah. So here's the thing. We've had that thousands of times, and that's why we come up with a system of not going out unless absolutely necessary, and it being a really like a really good conversation where you're in control and it sounds like they're already gonna go ahead with the job. So if they're sort of just wanting an idea of price, 
that's a no-go. We're not going. Sorry, we're not doing it. So because the likelihood is they're going to find someone else that's going to just give them a price over the phone, which is $200 cheaper than yours, or they'll take your price, go to someone else and just say, this person's charged me this, can you beat it? That's the sort of client. I always try and ask them whether they're comparing apples to apples because they're quite detailed with their yeah. shopping list, like every single yeah. job. And they're like, oh, yes, they've quoted exactly what you have. Yeah, back foot. That's back yeah. foot, eh? So, so what I suggest with these sort of situations is firstly, uh, give them an estimate over the phone. Get an idea of like, because what you can do is listen and you can listen in on their body language. You can hear, ooh, oh, and like we talked about before, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, oh, that's a bit expensive. That's great if you're on the phone when they're thinking that. Because if, if you've sent the quote to them and they've received the email and then they're thinking about that, what are they thinking? Oh, oh I don't know if that's expensive or not. I'm gonna have to get some more quotes, right? Or Facebook, I've just been quoted this much for this, can anyone beat it? Or is this a good price or whatever? Because you're not on the phone to explain it to them. Yeah. So it's either you send the quote and call them and get hold of them or you call them, wait till they answer the phone, then click send and say, hey, I've just sent you the quote. Just wanted to run through it with you. Okay, yeah. It's in your email, but I want to walk through it with you right now. This much for the PowerPoints, this much for the lights, this much for this, this much for that. It comes to this much. Uh, we've got an availability on Thursday. How's that sound? Oh, Thursday's good. Or, oh, that's, that's more than I thought. Um, no worries. Well, what sort of price were you expecting? Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, you charge uh, $6,800 on your quote. They go, oh, I'm thinking like $600 for all of this. So what are you going to say from there? It's like, it's a big jump. So yeah. um, what made you think $600 was okay? Someone does say to you, oh, no, we're going to go with someone else because of whatever. You just say, oh, you know, best of luck. Like, what do you guys say? Yeah, Kirk will tell you what he says. Jump in. Kirk's, Kirk's the man for this. All right, so yeah, all we, what I try and do is create just a little bit of doubt in the customer's mind because sometimes they do come back. They're like, oh, we're gonna go with someone else. And if you create just a little bit of doubt, then they're like, oh, actually, they'll call me up the next banker. Actually, sorry, can we go with you? Which is awesome. So you've just recovered that client from the dead. Uh, but um, generally what I wanna do is be super respectful of that but also firm without pricing. Because sometimes if, I, if we're getting feedback like that, they're fishing for like a bit of a discount as well. So I'm always like, I'm really sorry we couldn't help you. We try and offer the most competitive price to every single one of our customers. Unfortunately, it's not within your budget today. Um, with, with this job, I hope that the person that you do get to do the contracting work is um, able to deliver the service that you deserve, things like that. Um, and then so all you're doing is creating this little bit of doubt and then they're on, the, they're looking for, for a reason as to why that other person is cheaper when they actually do the work. So you might not get this job, but they'll go there and they'll be like, oh, the, the client is now expecting something to be a little bit off because of they've gone with the cheaper option. So then yeah. they might not, you obviously missed out on the first job, but then they might call you in two months time and say, hey, I've got a quote from you before, um, I really want you to come out and do the pool power and things like that for us. Because they, they've learnt the lesson the hard way of like, oh yeah, I went with this cheaper quote and this is what happened, they left a big mess. That might be something like that. It might be something really simple like that. But I'm always just trying to create just a little bit of doubt 
and be super respectful of their decision, but in the same, in the same sentence, I want to be um, really firm with our pricing. And like, this is the, our most competitive price that we can offer. We try and look after everyone as best we can, and sometimes yeah. it's outside of other people's budgets. So that's how, yeah. I, how I navigate I that. I've covered a few deadlines like yep. that, but yeah, not lately. It is, it is, a, it is like, um, sometimes I feel like going really aggressive on like, I can guarantee that person can't be qualified, he can't be submitting the right notices for that price, but it's better to be super friendly and respectful of all that and then just offer that, well, hopefully we can help you next time or something like that. And then they, they, that responds and that sinks in over the, the customer and then you, you're prompting the customer to look for something that's wrong with the other company, which is good. Yeah. Always yeah. good. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah, uh, just one more thing on that point. With talking to the customer and putting doubt in their mind, that's really important, especially when you're getting them, like even a subtle thing like polite, you're, being, um, you're respectful of the point that they're gonna choose this other person, but say, um, you know, if they don't provide the service that you, you expected, just give us a call next time because we are, you know, we're a very skilled, we're master electricians or whatever you want to say to back yourself yeah. up on that point and we'd love to help you out next time. Yeah. Just like that. And they're going to be like, oh, why is this other person so much cheaper? Especially if you can say, wow, that's cheap. I wonder, wonder why they're doing it so cheap. I wonder why they're doing it so cheap. Yeah, say something like, you know, if they, why are they so cheap? What are they yeah. cutting corners? But yeah, I think the other way you say it's probably a lot. Make better. sure you voice that though. Not to the point where it's like accusing them, but it's yeah. a, a question. I wonder why, I wonder why they're charging so little. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you find that you're not getting the service that you expected, give us a call next time and you, you will get it from us. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Thanks, Simone. Alright guys, we've got, uh, anyone want to have a chat? Put your hand up. And I want to go gallery view so I can see. Hey Nick. Yo, how's it going? Good man, how are you? Good. Just on, uh, just on that note of, of trying to uh, compare quality uh, with other jobs, I had a switchboard the other week that I quoted. And yep. um, I ended up being like two grand more expensive than another guy. And I said, that's cool, like, if you still want to go ahead with him, um, just make sure you get a CCW and a certificate and all that, just to make sure you're covered. Yep. Um, doesn't sound like he's doing a complete job, so. Just make sure. And um, I had to go back to fit up a bathroom through the builder I was working for. Yeah. So I went back and it only changed over like the 12 pole module and not the rest of the rusty board and all that. Oh. I'm going to have a look um, behind the panel. So I pull off the cover and there's a loose neutral at the bottom of the RCBO. And oh. it's no. I grab her and I come around and show her and, I, and she's like, oh, well, for two grand, I'll take it. And I go, that literally could have burned your house down. And yeah. You didn't get a certificate because yeah. it's not suspended. And she's like, I don't care for two grand, I'll, I'll take it. And yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Good attitude, man. That's an awesome attitude to have with those people. But the she had him back to fix it, and no joke, he fixed the loose neutral and then left the active with the same, same sort of <laughs> I sent her a message because she was out. I was like, hey, look. Yeah. Man, I fixed it free of charge, but you know, what is it? And she just wrote back, thanks, full stop. 
No, you can't, and and don't try to either. And the the aim of the game, I think, is to not is to set yourself up in the right target audience from the start and try and get as many of the high value clients, whether it's even if it's mail drops to older suburbs, like older people, older demographics, where they've got a lot of money, plus they also like to read print advertising um, and even dropping into businesses. Businesses are going like find in those good areas where they actually pay a high rent, they're used to spending a lot of money on things. So working with those demographics is really key so that you have less of those experiences. But even us, we've still, we target very niche area of Perth and we still get outliers in those areas somehow um, will still contact us and we still have to deal with them. But you take the good with the bad and hopefully there's more good than bad. But good attitude, man. Good, good attitude, Nick, with, um, with that. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, I've got, I got room for one more. If anyone's got a burning question, otherwise we can jump into... Yep, Andrew. One sec, man. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, going well, thanks. Um, I just got a question because I went to a property to do a quote uh, during the week. Um, and while I was there, I was trying to... Uh, almost upsell the customer and suggest different things that they could do to improve their house. Sure. Which they were loving. Um, but they didn't realise how much it would cost and then looked at the overall price of what um, was suggested by me and what they wanted done and decided um, that they didn't want to go ahead anymore. Yep. Um, is that the wrong time to do the upselling and I should just quote uh, exactly what they um, want and then try and upsell later after getting the job perhaps? I don't think so, like uh, th that's the right time. As long as you feel like you've, it all comes down to whether or not you feel like you're in control and have built a good enough relationship in that sales process. If you feel like you haven't really had the opportunity to to build that relationship during the quoting process, then I wouldn't go diving into that stuff. Try and get the, the entry level job in so you can come back and build a relationship. You can bring them coffee, you can bring them snacks, whatever. Build that relationship with them before you offer any valuable. Uh, you want to provide a lot of value before you try and value add yourself. So, but if, say, if you did have a good relationship, like you said, they are loving it. So, what you could do, there's a couple of things here. First of all, I would suggest um, when you're talking about the prices of different things, say your item price per point as you're going around and pointing it out. So they can self start to self-calculate it in their head so it's not a price shock at the end. Mm -hmm. Just like when you deliver price, like when you call up with a quote and you say, uh, you had five PowerPoints at this much each is this much, uh, 10 power, uh, LEDs for this much each equals this much, same thing when you're walking around, they say, we could put LEDs in here. Uh, LEDs are, you know, whatever, if they've got halogens, you might say $90 plus GST or whatever, and um, per light, so you can choose how many. So make it really optional for them too, like a loose structure. So, you know, there's no, there's no pressure on you to go ahead with this stuff. It's just, I'm just suggesting it for you so that you know the best things for your home. So, optional, make sure it's really optional because if they believe, if they think that it's tied in and it's part of the quote 
and you won't go ahead unless you do all those extras, then they will, they will side on the side of, I don't want to inconvenience that guy. You're so nice. I don't want to inconvenience him by not going ahead with the whole job. This guy's going to do just what I wanted, so I'm going to go with him instead. Because I don't want to hurt your feelings because you're so nice. So, <laughs> which is shit, because that's, that's shit. So what you want to do is make it really optional. Make it really loose in your pricing. So, and that's the benefit of shopping list pricing system. You say this much for that, this much for this, and you know, I'll censor all the prices, and if you feel like you don't want to go ahead with one of those items, you just take it out yourself. This is totally flexible. You can go ahead with a little bit now, a little bit later. And the third thing you could do is set up a payment plan if you've got enough capital, or look into a finance company that will give you a payment plan. So you can give them three to six months, uh, or 12 months with a finance company uh, where they can pay it off over 12 months. And that can work really well. We do all of our finance within like internally because we've got the capital to do it, but we only do up to three months. So we'll say um, one third at completion of the job, one third one month later, and one third uh, 60 days. So the thing is, we're so used to people not paying us for 60 days anyway, that it's what happened. we're so used to it, so it doesn't really, yeah. <laughs> Cost centers, yeah. The items in the shopping list um, in your pre built yet, is it still a good idea to give them even a rough price off the top? Of your yeah, head? yeah, just, just yeah. give it like you're going to be able to calculate it pretty quick, just be generous with it. So, uh, and then throw out a figure and, and do it, and then you can use that price as a, that performance against that price as a, oh shit, I was way out, or I was way over and I got it, or I was way under, whoops. Like, but at least you can dial it in with that test and measure, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you sat down, you're gonna get better at like just giving out a price straight away and then going out, but as long as you're, you've got a set price, then you can come back and go, how did I perform on that item? Like using Simpro now, that like you've got it, you can set it up that you can have a look at each individual item and how that performed in terms of time against your, your electricians or yourself going out and doing the job. The other thing in Simpro now, I know you're on it, Andrew, is that you can create optional cost centers. So you can click, click on it, uh, create an optional cost center, and then that comes through as a separate page as optionals. So you've got your, your, your first lot of uh, pricing and then it's all of the optionals which is just per item and there's a zero dollar figure in the total because it's optional. Oh, okay. Yeah? Cool. Alright guys, well that gives us up to time. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to break off into our breakout rooms. I'm going to jump across to your different rooms guys with Kirk. So make sure you're hanging around because we're going to be able to answer a bunch of your questions while it's one-on-one uh, -on -one with your partner. So thanks for joining us and we're going to jump in now.